Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I went to New Orleans to plant sunflowers. It was June 2006, the summer right after Hurricane Katrina. The city at that moment was strange. Some of you have been there. You might have known what it looked like. If you haven't been there, I'm guessing that you have seen something in the zombie apocalypse genre of movies. You know, where the streets are kind of empty and nothing grows and you're a little freaked out about what might be right around the corner. Well, that is what New Orleans in 2006 reminded me of, except without the actual zombies. I spent two weeks volunteering with a hurricane relief organization in the residential neighborhoods of the Ninth Ward. Houses were mainly abandoned. The water wasn't safe to drink. Trees were uprooted and street signs were turned upside down. In the midst of this landscape of loss and desolation, there were scattered a few seeds of hope. The sounds of hammers and power tools rang out with the promises of rebuilding and a forest of sunflowers growing in the occasional front yard blooms with the promise of renewal. I went to New Orleans to plant sunflowers as a volunteer with the Meg Perry Healthy Soil Project. Sunflowers, I learned that summer, can be used to remove lead contaminants from the soil. Through a process known as bioremediation, sunflowers absorb lead from the soil, slowly cleansing the earth of toxins. Like many cities, New Orleans has long been contaminated with dangerously high levels of lead and other heavy metals, industrial chemicals, pesticides. The flooding after Hurricane Katrina made this problem worse much worse. Imagine, imagine all the potential toxins that are present in each of our neighborhoods, from cleaning supplies under our sinks, to fuels, oils, chemicals found in our cars and at local gas stations. As the levees broke and the waters that surrounded New Orleans roared through the city, these products were churned into the rising waters. And as the flood receded, these toxins found new homes in the city's soil. Our gardening work at the Healthy Soil Project was hard. Digging through polluted earth was potentially dangerous, but it was also beautiful. By June, sunflowers that had been planted earlier in the season had grown tall their yellow faces reaching towards the sky. These groves of sunflowers 
marked places where houses were being repaired, medical clinics were opening up, and community centers were serving meals. Our work that summer, our work helped transform the earth and renew communities. And our work also helped me heal. I went to New Orleans to plant sunflowers, and I was drawn to this project by an experience of loss. In the weeks and months that followed Hurricane Katrina, my good friend Meg Perry organized a group of volunteers from New England to travel to the Gulf Coast to help communities respond to the loss that they had experienced. They drove the 1,630 miles south in a mobile community space, a biodiesel-powered school bus painted bright green with flowers and vegetables on the side. The grassroots relief efforts of the Frida bus brought food, supplies, hope, and energy to small communities in Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana. They gutted houses, cleared debris, helped local communities build their own organizing efforts. And the crew on the Frida bus visited New Orleans, planting a community garden. And in New Orleans, tragedy struck. While driving on Interstate 10, one of the volunteers momentarily lost control of the wheel. The Frida bus swerved, crashed to its side. Several people were injured, and Meg died. Meg died, and I felt lost, broken, confused. So much seemed unfinished, unsaid, untried. We had known each other since college, staying up late, building a set for an upcoming theater piece, or helping each other cram for exams. Since college, we had both gotten involved in different forms of community organizing or environmental activism, but we had never worked on that kind of project together. We had never planted a garden together. I went to New Orleans to plant sunflowers. More than that, I went to New Orleans in need of healing. I went to New Orleans to find Meg. And in New Orleans, I did find Meg. I found Meg in myself as I was planting sunflowers. I found myself healing. I found myself lifting my face towards the sun. In the years that have followed the two weeks I spent in New Orleans, sunflowers have become a symbol for how I understand the transformative work of healing. Soil can be healed. It can change from being contaminated to being life-giving. We 
can be healed. We can change from feeling broken to feeling blessed. I can plant sunflowers. We can plant sunflowers. We can be gardeners in the work of transformation and healing. Our world needs this work. We need this work. In the years since Meg died, my work to plant seeds of hope and transformation in the soil of loss has been strengthened by a practice from Jewish traditions a practice of lighting a memorial candle on the anniversary of the death of a loved one. This memorial candle is known as a yartzeit candle, Yiddish, from the German for year time. The yartzeit candle is lit with words of prayer and meditation. The link of life that bound me to my loved one has been broken but feelings of love continue to bind us together. I give thanks for the gifts of my loved one's life, companionship, and memory. Help me understand how my life has been formed and shaped by what my loved one was and did. I pray for the strength to live by the light of the highest ideals we shared. May her memory be a blessing. The yard site candle burns for 24 hours. For 24 hours, the light holds a space for remembrance and grief, for gratitude and for blessing, for comfort and for strength. Each year, as I look at the yard site flame, I remember that Meg's ideals called me to New Orleans to plant sunflowers. Meg's memory taught me to plant sunflowers. And as I look at the flame, I wonder, what will Meg's ideals call me to this year? What seeds of hope and transformation will I plant? We are entering the time of year when lengthening nights invite us into memory and storytelling. The time of the year when we remember and celebrate our dead. Who do you remember? How do you remember? What do their ideals call you to do? If Meg were here now, I'm pretty sure she'd be less than a mile away, camped out at Dewey Square at Occupy Boston, adding her voice to the call for economic reform. I'm not sure exactly what she would be doing there. There are so many options. She might be, metaphorically speaking, planting sunflowers by preparing a meal for 100 people preparing tents, organizing workshops on anti-racism, facilitating meetings, or singing songs of justice. I don't 
know exactly what she would be doing. I don't know. I can't know. None of us can. The pain of that loss, that reality of not being able to know because our loved one isn't here, that pain never fully goes away. Yet that pain is paired with a beautiful sense of possibility, with the realization that Meg's life, the blessings of Meg's life are innumerable, that the number of ways in which I can be inspired by her life are unending. Living by the highest ideals that we have shared with our loved ones requires strength. The strength to choose to live. The strength to choose to act. The strength to make our lives a blessing. There are so many ways for us to plant sunflowers. But we must remember the process of transformation and healing can take a long time. Sunflowers take months to grow tall, and it takes several plantings before sunflowers can fully cleanse the soil of lead. The Jewish activist, poet, and gardener, Marge Piercy, reminds us, connections are made slowly. Sometimes they grow underground. You cannot tell always by looking what is happening. More than half a tree is spread out in the soil under your feet. Spread like the squash plant that overruns the garden. Gnaw in the dark and use sun to make sugar. Weave real connections, make real nodes, build real houses. Live a life you can endure. Live as if you like yourself and it may happen. Reach out, keep reaching out, keep bringing in. This is how we are going to live a long time. Friends on the journey. I have seen us planting sunflowers. We bring life out of hurting earth and hurting hearts through the actions of our own lives. We sow seeds of hope when we reach out, traveling to Haiti or New Orleans to continue relief and rebuilding efforts when we volunteer at our Friday night, super, Friday night supper program or mentor teenagers. We plant seeds of transformation when we keep reaching out, attending vigils for immigrant justice or marches for economic justice. We plant sunflowers when we bring love and healing into our lives when we open ourselves to grief and gratitude, when we work on a project with friends or family, 
when we enter this sanctuary and raise our voices in song. May we continue to plant seeds of hope and transformation in the soil of loss. May we have the courage to live our lives by the highest ideals of our shared love. May we lift our faces to the sun. Amen. And blessed be.